welcome. My name is Mason, and this is Mace on Movies. And today I'll be talking about No Time to Die, the final installment in the Daniel Craig era of James Bond films, directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, uh, with Daniel Craig returning for the final time, as well as Leia Saido returning as Madeline. Uh, she's one of the main characters returning for this film uh, after her role in. Spectre, uh, as well as uh, most of the familiar faces returning uh, for this film to close out this series of James Bond films. And uh, I'll be giving my non-spoiler review of this film in case you haven't seen it uh, this past opening weekend. It actually opened uh, a week ago here in Japan, and I got to see it on the big screen opening weekend. And for me, you know, Daniel Craig is my James Bond. You know, Casino Royale came out in 2006, uh, which is the year that I graduated from high school. So really, I grew up maybe with the Pierce Brosnan films, which, you know, some people love, some people, you know, kind of disregard. Uh, they're not the best uh, of the James Bond films or the James Bond franchise. Um, so that's what I grew up with, kind of this cheesy, over-the-top, very suave Pierce Brosnan uh, but when Daniel Craig came on the scene with Casino Royale in 2006, that was like, for me, just an iconic James Bond performance. Um, and so for me, you know, from now, graduating high school all the way until now I'm going to be 33 years old uh, in, in a couple weeks. And uh, so I've really lived you know, probably half, almost half my life uh, with, with Daniel Craig as James Bond. So it really was, to me, leading up to this film and waiting an extra eternity for it to be released due to COVID, uh, it, it really was a, a significant film for me, uh, saying goodbye to just this, this iconic, legendary uh, performance from Daniel Craig uh, and all of the things that he's brought to this character from the kind of bare knuckles brawling almost that we get in, uh, in Casino Royale. He still has that, that charm. Uh, he still has all of those things, but he's just brought something a little bit different to this franchise. Um, and, you know, we've had some ups and downs in, in the films. Uh, Casino Royale being a high, Skyfall being a high, uh, but then Quantum of Solace and Spectre, those in-between films, um, you know, not as well regarded. And I actually watched back through the series uh, leading up to No Time to Die. And, um, you know, I, I, Quantum of Solace, I remember not being very good, and it's still not very good. Um, and Spectre, although I wasn't really a big fan of it the first time I watched it, Watching it again, you know, this time around, preparing for No Time to Die, knowing that Madeline was going to be a character that was coming back, it gave kind of a different perspective on Spectre. Uh, try saying that five times fast. Um, but I really, you know, when I watched Spectre the first time, it didn't blow me away. I thought that the opening was fine, even though it is a really cool one-take opening for Spectre. Um, I just wasn't... Overall, I felt like Sam Mendes wasn't in it the same way that he was when he did Skyfall. I felt like Daniel Craig wasn't in it the same way that he was uh, in previous films. You know, he talked a lot about um, kind of being over it. Uh, so I, I think that there was just a lack of a lack of energy to that film. It just didn't didn't have the life to it um, that Casino Royale had or, or Skyfall had. 
Uh, I just felt like it was lacking something, but it was better than I remembered it. However, my biggest issue from Spectre was actually the relationship between James Bond and Madeline um, because it's such a quick turn in the film where they are, she's, she's like, she's not impressed by him. She knows what he's up. She knows his style. She's like, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna prey on my daddy issues uh, and all that uh, in the film. And she kind of calls him, calls him out for what he is and she's not gonna fall for it. And uh, she's very, she kind of has a wall up and then very suddenly, uh, it seems like she's laughing with him and suddenly she, by the end of the film, she's in love with him. I just felt like, wow, that was a real, you know, abrupt 180 turn for that character to fall so quickly in love with James Bond in that film. So their relationship was actually my least favorite part of Spectre. So going into No Time to Die, knowing that that was going to be a focal point of this film, I was concerned. But I think that Kerry Joji Fukunaga um, is an incredible director uh, from his work on True Detective, uh, as well as I believe it was called Maniac uh, or something along those lines that was on Netflix that had um, had Jonah Hill in there, um, you know, and I think it was Emma Stone. Uh, he's just he's just a fantastic, stylistic, very visionary director. Um, and so he just brings so much to the projects that he handles. Um, and so I was really excited to see him come on to No Time to Die after, you know, Danny Boyle was signed on and then left and it went through some production issues. Uh, but yeah, when, when Fukunaga signed on, I was immediately interested, more excited than, than ever. Um, and so when we get into this film, I really feel like what he brought to it, um, you know, was a new energy, a new style. He just really feel, felt like he was revitalizing while at the same time bringing to a close um, this series within the James Bond franchise. I think he just brought so much to it stylistically. Um, you know, previously I thought that Skyfall was one of the most beautifully shot films, um, and Sam Mendes is just an incredible director, uh, and I don't know who did the cinematography for that film, um, but I think he just, he shot, that film was shot really well and directed really well. Um, but then we come into No Time to Die, and I think that, first of all, the opening of this film, actually opening on Madeline's character as a young girl, I felt like, what a what an interesting way to open the film, um, to, to focus on her character, as opposed to James Bond, uh, although we do ultimately, before the opening credits roll with the song from Billie Eilish, um, we do come around to her time with James Bond and come back to that relationship. Uh, I thought that this was one of the most interesting, um, kind of suspenseful, intense, uh, really incredible openings. I think maybe my favorite opening of all of the, of the five films in this series, uh, I thought that the opening really had me immediately invested, immediately interested. And the, the style, the design of Safin and his mask and him as a villain, I thought that the design was more interesting uh, than the character. But I'll get into that a little bit later. Coming back to the relationship between Madeline and James Bond, um, like I said, I was skeptical. Like I didn't know if my issues with that relationship would affect the way that I viewed this film. But I think that 
they have such incredible chemistry in this film. And I think that Daniel Craig does some of his best acting, period, um, in this film. And he brings so much more depth to James Bond as a character. And he brings some depth to this relationship in his performance, as well as Leia Saido. She is also bringing an incredible performance to this character. And I believed their chemistry more than I believed kind of the way they sold that relationship in the previous film. I felt it was lacking. I felt like they made up for it in the opening of this film. I felt like, you know, the way that they sold it at the beginning of this film, you felt like you felt invested in their relationship. You want them to succeed. You want them to be together. Um, and then throughout the events of this film and the things that unfold about whether or not James can trust her, um, coming tying, tying things back around to what happened with Vesper and Casino Royale and how that ties into this film. Um, we're going through a relational arc um, that started in Casino Royale and then ties up here in No Time to Die. I just felt like um, Daniel Craig brought so much to it. Leia Saito brought so much to it. And I didn't think that I could um, care as much about that relationship as I did between him and Vesper in Casino Royale. But I found myself emotionally invested um, more than I thought I would be. So I feel like the performances were great. The story was great, um, and I really appreciated, I feel like, what they made up for that was lacking in the previous film there. So definitely high marks to that. I think this whole film, uh, it has a lot of twists and turns. Um, we get a lot of characters coming back, um, and obviously one of the bigger headlines in this film is we have Lashana Lynch coming in um, as Nomi, uh, who has taken on the 007 moniker or title um, that, you know, Daniel Craig or uh, that James Bond left uh, when he walked away at the end of Spectre. So, um, you know, there's some great banter about that within this film. And what I what I think is interesting in this film is that the way they present a new 007 within this film, I just think that they handled it really well. And I think that Lashonda Lynch, I would have actually loved for her to have more to do in this film because uh, I think that everything she brought to that role was really great. Um, and so I thought that she did a great job. I just wish that she had a little bit more to do. I understand that even though she's, she's 007 in this film, um, Daniel Craig is still James Bond and, and this is a James Bond film. And so I understand that we couldn't give all of the time, we couldn't take away from the completion of James Bond's story in this film. So I understand that why there was less of her, um, but I think that's a good sign of her performance that I wanted more of her after this film. As for the story of the film, like I said, it's dealing with, obviously James Bond has walked away at the end of Spectre. Um, the opening of this film and something that they show in the trailers um, is that, uh, you know, they're living their lives. James Bond and Madeline, they're living their life um, he's out, and but events um, that occur cause him to doubt her. Um, he's he finds it he finds himself in a situation where he doesn't know if he can trust her anymore. Um, and you know, uh, this film kind of deals with that, uh, deals with that relationship, deals with the issue at the center, um, whether or not there is a connection uh, between her and Safin. Obviously, you know. 
Uh, it's teased in the trailers that there's a relationship there between her and Safin. How long have they been connected? What is her connection to him? Um, and is she in the middle? Is she somewhat responsible for the events of this film? That's what exp- what is explored here, as well as there's a new 007. Uh, you know, we're dealing with a global threat with this virus that is at, that is the uh, <laughs> MacGuffin of the film. Um, and, you know, like I said, we've also got this villain, Safin, and his story and how he's connected to Spectre um, and, and all of those different things. So I feel like the strength of this film, like I said, is the relationship between James Bond and Madeline. Um, Daniel Craig, like I said, gives a series best performance, one of the best performances of his career, I believe, we're seeing, and what I love about this, this series of films is that we've seen a depth to James Bond that we haven't seen before. Um, there's more than just this suave, charming guy uh, who beds the women uh, and catches the bad guys and has all these fun gadgets. You know, in this film, we do get the fun gadgets and we do get the interesting villains and we, we get all of that, but there's a depth to his relationship with Madeline um, and there was a depth to his relationship with Vesper um, and the way that we explore that. It's, a, it's such rich emotional territory and there's a vulnerability in Daniel Craig's performance that we have not seen before with James Bond, at least to my memory. Um, I haven't seen all of the James Bond films ever created, um, but as far, you know, as far as I can remember, there's a vulnerability in this film that I don't think we've ever seen before. So uh, I really applaud Daniel Craig for his performance. Uh, I applaud the writing and the direction by Fukunaga. Some of the issues that have been presented with this film, uh, you know, we do have a very long runtime. It's two hours and 45 minutes or thereabouts, uh, which is long. For me, that time flew by. Um, And I don't know if it's because I'm slightly biased as a fan of Daniel Craig and James Bond. Um, You know, when this movie started, um, I was just like so excited like I was like, um, I felt like I was just like so full of anticipation for this film that even when the movie, just as soon as the movie started, I had this huge smile on my face. So maybe I'm a biased audience member, but this really flew by for me. There is some, there is some storytelling uh, in terms of the villain and their 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 purpose, why they're doing what they're doing, their motivations that. I feel like got a little bit muddy through the middle and maybe loses a little bit of the thread in the middle of the film, but I do feel like it closes strongly. Um, and like I said, the two hours and 45 minutes, I wanted, honestly, when I was watching it, I was having so much fun. Um, the action's so incredible. Uh, the performances were so great. It's such a fun, thrilling ride that I, I didn't want the movie to end. I didn't want to leave the theater. And I think part of that was knowing that we weren't going to see Daniel Craig in this role again. Um, but I really had no issue with the runtime. The issue that I did have with the film comes down to the villain. Uh, it comes down to Rami Malek and his performance um, because I just didn't like in the beginning of the film, um, you know, early on for the first half of the film, I think we get really strong motivation from him, why he's doing what he's doing. But then we get to the end of the film and kind of the expansion of his plan and his purpose and what he's trying to do. And I didn't get the motivation for that expansion. I didn't know why he was going as far as he was going when it seemed like his initial plan was a little bit more personal, 
what had some deeper motivations. And then when it came to the bigger plan, I was like, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I understand why he's doing this. Uh, it didn't really make sense to me. I didn't, I wasn't sold on his motivation. Also the performance of Rami Malek, um, I just felt like it was a very one note, very kind of monotone. He wasn't giving a lot uh, in this performance. And I think going into, I guess, mild spoilers of his character and the way that he, uh, when he was younger, uh, was poisoned. There was a toxin. And I think that has to do with his scarring and why he wears a mask. And I don't know if that affected any of that. I can't remember if that had any effect on his emotional range um, or, or anything like that. But I just found him to be very expressionless. Um, and I didn't feel threatened by him as a villain. I didn't feel the menace. Um, and I, I just found like of all of the things that this movie did really well and Rami Malek being an incredible actor who's done so many things that I love, um, I just felt like he didn't bring enough to this performance. And so if there was one weak spot in this movie, I would say that that was it. However, overall, I think it's an incredibly strong film. When I came out of it, uh, and did did my mental ranking of the franchise. For me, Casino Royale is number one. And then it was Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Solace. Um, and so the question for me was not, will this, because Casino Royale is such a tight, really just iconic film. Like it, it's so hard to unseat Casino Royale as the best film in this series. And I, I don't think that No Time to Die did that. However, I do think it gives Skyfall some competition. And in my ranking, I put it just above Skyfall because um, I felt like James Bond's motivations in this story um, and the depths that his character goes to in this story and the way that we explore him emotionally, um, I felt like it's the strongest it's been since Casino Royale. And so for that reason, uh, for me, No Time to Die is going to rank just above Skyfall. Uh, so my final ranking... Uh, for the James Bond series is going to be Casino Royale, No Time to Die, Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Solace. And I feel pretty good about that ranking. You know, when I watch this movie again, uh, and when I watch Skyfall again, maybe it'll be a back and forth battle between those two. Um, that's where I'm at right now. So like I said, overall, incredible film, incredible performances, love everything that they did. Uh, I'm excited to see what the next iteration of James Bond will be. Um, I'm excited to see if they explore different double O's in the future. Um, you know, that's not something that's mentioned in the film or, or brought up in the film, but obviously there are other double O's. Uh, you can be 005, 009, you know, there, there's a lot of different options. So I wonder if we would ever explore a different double O, um, if we could, if we could even get, you know, uh, Lashana Lynch to come back, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, to have her own kind of spin-off series, I think that would be incredible. But um, this, to me, was just a fantastic um, conclusion uh, to Daniel Craig's bond time as James Bond. Uh, so was thoroughly satisfied, was not let down in the slightest. Um, and I think that fans of Daniel Craig and fans of this series of films, uh, I think, will walk away very happy. So... I think it's not a perfect film. I give it like an 8 or an 8.5 out of 10. It's really high. It's not perfect. Um, but I think that it is really, really good. Um, so I would definitely encourage you guys, if you were on the fence about checking it out, please check it out. I think it's amazing. I think you'll really enjoy it. It is absolutely worth seeing it on the big screen. I didn't see it in IMAX or Dolby Cinema, 
Um, but I'm really tempted to go back and watch it in IMAX. Uh, I might have to give it a second viewing. Although, uh, with the films coming out later this year, uh, I don't know if, if, it's in, if it's in the budget, but I would love to see this one again uh, as soon as possible. So that's going to be it for my review of No Time to Die. If you've seen it, um, you know you can let me know what you thought on Instagram and Twitter at Mason Movies. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on this film and where it ranks for you in the Daniel Craig Bond films or in the Bond films overall. And uh, if you'd like, you can check out the rest of my podcast feed and the different series that I'm doing. Uh, doing uh, Journey Through Ghibli, did a Journey Through the DC Animated Movie Universe, got uh, you know Marvel show reviews on there and, and all sorts of stuff. So check out the feed, hit subscribe if you like, uh, leave, a, leave a rating and comments and share it with your friends and family. All that would be amazing. But thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode, this review of No Time to Die. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing well, taking care of yourself, stay, stay well physically and mentally. Uh, and let's remember to be kind to one another. Thanks, everybody.